Good morning. This is Dina Marie, and I'm delighted to bring to Matre Day Radio the very first Church Alive update. Joining me today at the Pastoral Center is Robin Moody. Robin serves as the Marketing and Communications Manager for the Archdiocese of Portland. Good morning, Robin. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, Dina Marie. Thank you for having me. Also, since we are here at the Archdiocese, we have Sarah Livingstone joining us. Sarah serves as the Pro-Life Coordinator for the Archdiocese. Sarah, thanks for coming in today. Thank you so much for having me, Dina Marie. We are so excited. You know, I heard from Todd Cooper that over 700 people came into the Catholic Church here in the Archdiocese of Portland this Easter. Praise God, the church is growing and the church is alive. So I really wanted to get an opportunity from you, Robin, to hear a little bit about just sharing the good news of the Archdiocese with the whole people of Western Oregon through your Office of Communications. So first off, just give us a sense of your role. This is the first year as you've come in from Lent and Easter to be part of the team of the Archdiocese of Portland to represent Archbishop Sample. Um, Give us a sense of your mission and the goal of the Office of Communications and the Marketing Department. Yeah, absolutely. So as marketing and communications manager, it's my job, really um, my privilege, to identify and amplify the works of our priests and our lay ministers and our parishes as well. Uh, Church Alive is just one platform where we can inspire and inform the faithful Beautiful. And I love that name, Church Alive. And as I've been seeing these newsletters come out, you had a challenge to the Catholics about what to name this communication tool of Church Alive. So how did this Church Alive get its name? So when I started in November, there was already a newsletter that went out on Thursdays. And um, it had about four links. It was it was pretty minimal at the time. And people called it by numerous names. Some people were calling it the e-blast, some people the Thursday newsletter. So it was this beautiful opportunity to really leverage that platform as a way to share resources and celebrate the community activities going on throughout Western Oregon, as well as have this beautiful platform to share messages from the Archbishop. So we rebranded as Church Alive, which was the name suggested by Archbishop Emeritus John Vlasny, and really grew the newsletter to something that includes so much more. I love it. I'm talking with Robin Moody. She serves as our marketing and communications manager for the Archdiocese of Portland. Of course, the website is archdpdx.org. And that's like the first platform you can hop onto to go to all of the different social media venues that you have. And again, to get a hold of this Church Alive update. Give us a sense, Robin, as you've been growing this and what are the different types of pieces of information, news that you want to keep out there on this weekly newsletter? Well, we really really want to share what's going on throughout the Archdiocese. So I'm really hoping to hear more from different parishes about special things that are going on that really affect the entire Archdiocese, where people can get involved, get connected. So I welcome anyone that has news that might be actively searching for a platform, they can email us at news at archdpdx.org. And that's really a way that we can help share the information that they have. 
Right. And then you mentioned this is a weekly newsletter. It comes out on, is it Thursdays? On Thursdays. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so people who are not registered yet, they can do so. And how would they go about getting onto this Church Alive newsletter? We have a link on our website. So if you just go to archdpdx.org and scroll down, there's a link that says Church Alive newsletter. And all you have to do is click on the link and add your email address, and you'll be added to our list. I love this because, again, to be able to see what's happening, not only at my local parish, but in the church in Western Oregon. So as far south as Brookings, Medford, on the Oregon coast, through the Portland metro area, the smaller parishes, the bigger parishes, what's happening at the cathedral, we really want to know uh, what's happening. And you're going to be that heartbeat, Robin, and your team to bring us that information. So Robin, I want to have you share with us a little bit about What excites you? You mentioned the priests, our church communities, sending the message of the archbishop out to the community. But as you come in with these skills of marketing and communications, I mean, what a gift to be able to share the good news of the church. It's a tough job, but what brings you joy in being able to bring the the message of the church in Western Oregon to the people? It really is a joy for me because... um It's a way I see every day the incredible work that our priests do and the dedication that they have and the dedication of our lay ministers and our religious. And so being able to share that uh, is incredible gift. And that's where I hear the most positive feedback as well. That's what people are really hungry to hear. Um, As a matter of fact, I'm going to be launching a new piece in Church Alive really dedicated to the homilies of our priests, because I want to give them a platform where they can share on a, in a, to a broader audience mm-hmm. their homilies that they give. So we recently um, included a homily from Monsignor Gerard O'Connor at the cathedral, and I'm putting out an open call right now to all the priests of the archdiocese to please share their homilies, and it can be in a PDF form, a Word form, videos, we can help you, you know, clip a video to just your homily. So we have the resources, but we want to help really share what they what they're offering the people. I think that's so great with Church Alive. Even though we were shut down, so to speak, during the COVID pandemic, we used tools. We looked to see how do we use these different tools to share the message. And so, so many people are still live streaming. We still have access to these beautiful liturgies. And so let's use the church alive. And I know people love to write stories. They love to share stories of anniversaries, of special celebrations in the parish, our Catholic schools. Um, You're going to be the hub. You are the hub Mm -hmm. here at the Archdiocese of Portland to do that. If people have questions about how to share a particular upcoming event or a story or something of a news related event to you, what's the best way that they can communicate with the office here at the Pastoral Center? Just email us, news at archdpdx.com. We'd love to hear it. 
Okay, the Church Alive newsletter, if you're not getting it every Thursday in your email box, please get a hold of archdpdx.org and subscribe to that newsletter. And one of the things that I love to see coming out are what are or what are what are ways that I can get involved. And I know spring and fall, the 40 Days for Life campaign is one of those campaigns that so many of us want to be involved whether we're praying, we're out doing vigil, or we're doing community service work in some way in educating and Sarah Livingstone, I know you've been so involved in particularly the 40 Days for Life campaign. As we've come out of the spring campaign, maybe just give us a little sense of what you saw happen this spring in Portland, in our archdiocese of people really focusing on the pro-life work. Yes. Well, it was one for the books. Um, This past Lent, 40 Days for Life campaign in Portland had record-breaking attendance as well as it was our coldest spring campaign ever (laughs) out of 30 campaigns, yet it did not deter people from showing up to support life. On Saturday, March 18th, there were 47 prayer volunteers at the vigil, making it a record-breaking day for a single day during the Portland 40 Days for Life campaign. Then the following Saturday, there were another 46 prayer volunteers um, in front of Portland's downtown late-term abortion facility Lilith Clinic, which is where the 40 Days for Life campaigns have been held the last two years since it opened. And then the following, the next Saturday, which was the concluding um, day of the 40 Days for Life campaign, there were another 39 volunteers praying the rosary together. And we have never seen numbers like that. You know, we're witnessing incredible pro-life momentum happening here in Portland and all over Oregon. From the largest Oregon March for Life in January to record-breaking volunteer attendance, like I just said, in 40 Days for Life vigils, uh, people are taking action for life. And I believe Oregonians are realizing that the fight for life post-Roe is on the state level, and most do not support Oregon's extreme pro-abortion laws, where abortion is legal until the moment of birth for any reason. And I think many are standing against this culture of death and coming together to help make Oregon a culture of life. Mm. Sarah Livingstone is with us, our pro-life coordinator for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. Also, Robin Moody in studio with us as we're talking about the Church Alive and what's so invigorating, what's so encouraging is to see us come together as a people of faith, as a people, you know, as a family, as a church family, we come together in in our common unity, and that is to support one another in life. I want to hear more uh, from Sarah about what we're going to do next, you know, as we, as we move into the summer months, as we move into maybe coming out of school break. Uh, what do we do to continue the efforts to really promote our Catholic faith and our love of Jesus into the community? But we are coming up to a break. So ladies, stay with me. And as we come back in the next half hour, we'll continue our conversation. This is Dina Marie, and I'm back with my conversation with Robin Moody and Sarah Livingstone. They're with the Pastoral Center. Robin serves as our marketing and communications manager for the Archdiocese of Portland, and Sarah in the Office of Pro-Life Ministries as our pro-life coordinator. And just hearing about the church alive as we are in this beautiful season, this 50-day season of celebrating life, the risen Lord in Easter. We remember how how important it is for us to share the message of truth and the message of hope. Sarah, thanks for coming back and talking a little bit about pro-life work. You mentioned momentum and you mentioned so many people coming out, particularly for 40 Days for Life and now post 40 Days for Life. We continue the work. Uh, Just talk a little bit about the people, the participation, what you saw here for the spring campaign. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, first, we're so blessed to have a very pro-life Archbishop Alexander Sample leading us in being our good shepherd. Uh, he's been more and more vocal about standing up for life and defending our most vulnerable. 
And if you've not watched his nine-minute video called Abortion and Catholics, I highly recommend it. It's one of the best pro-life videos I've ever seen. Um, he just nails it. It's on our website. You know, also Deacon Kevin Welsh here, Director of Pastoral Ministries, Todd Cooper, so many in the Archdiocese working for life. And then, you know, the Catholic participation also from individual parishes and groups this past 40 Days for Life was incredible. There were three consecutive Saturdays that I had mentioned of record-breaking numbers, and it was from individual parishes and Catholic groups that just decided to organize large events and large groups. The first two uh, were from my parish, St. Michael the Archangel, run by the St. John Society and the Society of Mary. And the first group was a group of high school students from the Catholic Synaculo High School Program, led by Father Aaron Stetler and the Society of Mary Sisters. The second was the ARC Young Adult Program from St. Michael's, led by Father Ignacio Llorente. And then the third was the St. Pius X Knights of Columbus, organized the third and concluding Saturday where they had a bilingual rosary for all. And you know, it really made me start thinking, imagine if all of our parishes or Catholic groups took a Saturday or a week or just came to say, we're, we're praying this day, you know, abortion facilities, it would be hard for them to stay open because there'd be so much attention on them and lack of business. Um, and I really think this is how we keep the momentum going um, and help make Oregon embody a cultural life. That's and, right. and like you said, during this Easter season, I really believe, you know, in the resurrection, we are called to be Christ's physical body on earth, his hands and his feet. Um, and so doing that work for life, I believe we're called to do that. Yeah. There's a great prayer, and we sang it during the foot washing on Holy Thursday, you know, Christ, the St. Teresa's prayer. You know, Christ has no body but yours. We're the body. We're the body of Christ right now. And so we're the ones who are showing his light. We're his voice. We're his ears. We're his hands. We're his feet. And so when you think about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving in many different ways, you know, some people maybe can't leave the home because they've got children at home or they're homebound or they're in the hospital, but they can offer those prayers. And I just give us a, a sense, Sarah, of just some ways that the components of 40 Days for Life, prayer, fasting, and community outreach or education. What are some ways that we can continue to do this in a, in our daily lives and continue to share that message of pro-life? Absolutely, and good question. And, um, you know, the focuses of 40 Days for Life, there are three that you just mentioned, are very similar to our four pillars of the pro-life office. Mm -hmm. um, when I started last year, I thought we really need to set our goals um, and our four pillars. And after a lot of research and prayer, um, these were the four that we thought were the most important. So number one is prayer, pulpit, and parishes. We like to call it the three Ps. So pro-life leadership and activity from pastors and parishes, you know, speaking about it from the pulpit. And then prayer. I mean, I believe abortion will be ended through prayer. You know, we take it to Christ. But then we also act. So number two is support. Huge. Supporting both mothers and children. As Catholics, we have always supported both mothers and babies. So like pregnancy resource centers, maternity homes, the USCCB's Walking with Moms in Need program, you know, Project Aurora, which is Rachel's Vineyard Post-Abortion Healing Retreats. Very, very important. Number three, sidewalk advocacy and prayer. So we've spoken a lot about that already with the 40 Days for Life campaigns. And they also hold a year-round vigil at many abortion facilities here in Portland. And then number four, education, like natural family planning. Sisters for Life have an amazing pro-life school curriculum. Um, theology of the body, you know, fetal development, things like that. Getting that education in the schools as well. 
Absolutely. I think about uh, during the summer months when we have all of the fairs, Oregon Right to Life, every county has their county fair, and typically there's lots of volunteers, which can come from our Church Alive parishes of education, just talking to families about life and educating with those little babies, you know, growing in the womb. Look to see at that human life and the dignity that we want each and every human life to have. So, Sarah, for folks who are listening, maybe they aren't involved in their local parish yet, but they would like to get involved. What what are some of the steps that they should take just on the local parish level to get involved on a regular basis with pro-life ministry? I, number one, I would go talk to your pastor, you know, get approval. Hopefully that should not be a problem because most pro-life groups through parishes are led through the laity. Um, I started the St. Michael's pro-life group three and a half years ago. It's been flourishing. You know, and again, uh, it's really about getting that approval and then you, you take, take the baton and run with it. And then Contact me, contact the pro-life office, email me at life at archpdx.org. And we also, we have quarterly meetings for our archdiocese leaders and advocates. They're open to all. You know, we have 124 parishes in Western Oregon in our archdiocese. So we have a large Zoom meeting every quarter. So then tie into the larger picture. And that's really what, you know, when, when I started last year, it was about growing our pro-life community and connecting our archdiocese pro-life advocates. And so, and, and I've never, I've been receiving so many emails of how can I get involved? What can I do? How can I start a pro-life group? It, it's really amazing to see. So again, I, I, however I can help connect you. Two very simple emails, life at archdpdx.org and news at archdpdx.org. You can get a hold of the archdiocese in terms of just news and information, events that are going on, and then particularly life events, ministries. How do I work on a daily basis, a weekly basis? Where is their needs? And from the north, north, northern part of our state to the most southernmost, we need to have a cooperation. And Robin, I just want to ask you because sometimes we live in the Portland metro area and we just think of the Portland metro area as the archdiocese, but the archdiocese of Western Oregon and Archbishop Sample always wants to remind us, you know, we're a large family. We cover a lot of square footage. The miles in, in Western Oregon is big, but you have the opportunity to bring us together to make us really remind ourselves that we're part of one big church family with a lot of diversity and beauty in the church and just your hope and mission of bringing about that unity through communications. That's a really beautiful way of summing it up, Dina Marie. I don't know if I can improve on that too much, but it's really important to me that it is the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. It's not just the Portland metro area. It really is all the many people, the diversity uniting the Archdiocese. And that's why I'm really putting out the call to parishes throughout the archdiocese to connect with us, send us information, activities that may be going on that affect Southern Oregon, activities that could be going on that affect different parts of the archdiocese. So I really just am so grateful to everyone throughout the archdiocese that wants to contribute and connect and be involved. 
Absolutely. And again, the Church Alive newsletter comes out every Thursday from the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. You can go to the homepage. I know right on the homepage, people can link on and subscribe to that email. Comes every week. Give us an idea of the format that you hope every week, because I know there's a special uh, blessing at the bottom or things just to be looking forward to, but just somewhat of the structure that you like to have in that weekly newsletter. Yeah, so we always like to share some photos of things that have been going on throughout the Archdiocese during the week. So it's a beautiful way to sort of showcase, like recently, you know, the Chrism Mass or at Easter Mass. We try and share those photos with everyone so they can see what's been going on. But then it's really about any messages from the Archbishop that he wants to share, different things that our priests are working on, their homilies. We recently showcased some information on the Hispanic ministry work of Father Mike Kieber. And then we get into community events, ways to get involved, education, training, things that could affect the lay ministers and works of the lay ministers like Sarah getting to show all of her incredible work with pro-life. So that's the real heart of the newsletter. And then we close it out with Borromeo's Blessing, which is a special nod to St. Charles Borromeo, our patron saint of catechesis. And that really came about by accident. We were talking about words that we use as Catholics, sort of what makes us special as Catholics. And we were brainstorming different things we could do with the newsletter, and it came up, why not include a little section at the end that maybe can help share topics that have been touched upon in a recent Voice of the Shepherd. You know, our Archbishop loves to discuss different things from the Catechism, so we can maybe touch on something that he has mentioned, or we also have this beautiful resource in the Archdiocese, our Archdiocesan Liturgical Handbook. So it's a beautiful place to touch on a subject that people can explore further in the handbook as well. It's an awesome way to just continue to learn, to continue to grow. I think about all of those hundreds of new Catholics. I was a new one in 1999. I didn't know anything in terms of Catholic terminology, and so I want to learn these liturgical phrases, these liturgical terms. And so this newsletter, Church Alive, is going to help us in growing as well and evangelizing, just sharing and breaking apart our faith so we can learn more and so we can share the good news in such a great way. Sarah Livingstone, thanks for sharing some time with us again. Life at archdpdx.org is your email. Yes, and the website really fast is archdpdx.org backslash pro-life. And it's also, if you scroll down from the ministries, but we have a ton of support um, resources on there, always updating it. We redid the whole website. Great way to get involved and help help women and, and support both women and babies. Fantastic. And Robin, thank you so much. News at archdpdx.org. And then the website, archdpdx.org. So we're excited. I love Church Alive. Thank you, Archbishop Lasney, for giving us that (laughs) name. I think it just reminds us, yes, the church is alive. The Holy Spirit is moving. And it's our job to respond and to cooperate with those gifts of the Holy Spirit. So thank you, ladies, so much for your work in ministry. We'll look forward to hearing from you again soon. Thank you, Dana Marie, so much.